Today we have with us Nancy Green, director of the City of La Follette Public Library, along with many other endeavors throughout the county. Nancy, great to have you with us today. Thank you. It's really great to be here. I appreciate the honor. Well, it is certainly an honor for us. Um, as we go throughout the uh, program today, there's so many reasons why we've decided to name you as a Good Samaritan here in Campbell County, and we're excited to get into talking about that. Uh, but first of all, before we get into that, uh, care to tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you're doing here in Campbell County? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. I am uh, the proud mother of two daughters, six grandchildren. Uh, I have family in Texas and in Crossville and in Omaha, Nebraska. So they're scattered. <laughs> my oldest granddaughter is now an RN, and she lives in Omaha, Nebraska. My youngest grandchild, I have two 13-year-olds. One belongs to the daughter in Texas, one to the daughter in Crossville, seventh grade and eighth grade. Well, and that's kind of the highlight of my life. There are my children, my grandchildren. here, But I have lived here all my life up to this point, and I absolutely love Campbell County. Wow, um, that is amazing. That's uh, count number one on that word. For those that keep track at home, I use that word all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, but I very much love that, um, that you put the highlight of your life as your family, that that's what matters most to you, especially in regards to everything that you do here in the county. Um, but speaking of your family, um, we talk about how you got started off. Uh, you're a native of Stinking Creek, as you've uh, mentioned, and uh, Wynn School um, is where you received your primary education and growing up you were the middle sibling of eight sisters and one brother so i think uh, all that together has probably helped inform the uh, well-educated well-organized active lady here with us today how would you say that upbringing helped bring you to where you are well being raised in such a large family it equips you to be able to handle a lot of Circumstances that a single child wouldn't have to face. How to get along with people, how to keep from killing each other. <laughs> Just, and, you know, you learn to cope with a lot of different situations. You really do. And the middle child is always known as peacemaker. And I've studied that. And uh, I really am. I'm essentially the peacemaker in the family. In fact, I get along with all my brother, my sisters. I have one brother. And we get along great. You know, so it, it's just a, it's a good thing to be raised in a large family. The uh, younger children look up to you and you look up to the older, so it's, it, it evens out. And I have, like I said, the seven sisters, one brother, he passed away, but there was eight girls in our family and one boy, poor thing. But I think being in a large family like that makes you a more even killed person you can handle more things because you've already handled a lot you know mm-hmm. growing up having to learn to share a lot having to learn to do your chores you know it's just in a large family you all work you yeah know, I was raised on a farm you know my dad grew a big garden we had beef pigs so we raised our own vegetables and most of our own meat we had cows so we had our own butter and milk and all that so it was a country upbringing and I really appreciate it well that's it a good upbringing yeah, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Well, being in the middle, uh, sibling amongst eight sisters and the one brother has no doubt helped shape who you are today. So in what ways would you say your childhood has helped you become the effective Good Samaritan that you are today? Well, it's made me have a calm demeanor. It takes a lot to anger me. When I do get angry, you want to watch out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it does take an awful lot. I'm an easygoing person. And, and I just look around and I see the need. And 
I want to help. Oh, that's perfect. I'm guessing with so many siblings, there's probably some rather entertaining stories to mm-hmm. tell. You care to share one of those stories with us? Well, one of them, and they would both kill me if they knew I was saying this. <laughs> but my two sisters that are in age next to me, younger, they used to fight all the time. <laughs> I mean, knock down, drag out fights. And I, oh they, they laugh about it to this day. Uh, I was the quiet one. And I would just stand and cry and say, please don't do that. Please don't do that. You're going to kill each other. And we had a little staircase in our house, and they were fighting all up and down that stairs that day. And I was just standing with my head hid behind my hands and crying and begging them to stop. (laughs) That kind of says that my memory. (laughs) They couldn't get a fight out of me. And also, we had a grocery store. And I grew up in a grocery store, a country grocery store, yeah. and all my sisters took shifts of staying in that store. That was their, I wouldn't do it. I was too shy and too introverted. And if I did have to be there for a minute by myself, I would just pray that the next car coming down the road would not stop. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want I, thankfully, I grew out of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I preferred to be home doing housework or just watching the younger kids, but I did not want to stay in that store. That's understandable. <laughs> one thing interesting about this, and um, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring up about your childhood and your siblings is, as we've been doing the Good Samaritan here and talking to the different Good Samaritans in the county, I've noticed a pattern of humble beginnings. Um, you would think when you see these people being so active and doing such great work in the community that they have to be from wealth and highly educated or they've come from some faraway place and just brought these talents with them and that's rarely the case and i i really like to push that with what we're doing here is that anyone can be a good samaritan Um, in your case you talked about how just having a lot of siblings and being the middle of them gave you skills that translated into the work you're doing today um so there's people out there listening that i'm sure in a similar situation they're thinking well i don't have that certificate or i don't have that degree or that training did you have a lot of siblings? You've probably already got a lot of training to go out there and do good work and help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you're a very great inspiration in that regard that you show that whatever God's given you, you can take that and you can Absolutely. use it. Well, I deeply respect that. And again, one of the reasons yes. we're more good Samaritans. Um, so very, very much one to mention that. Um, but getting into the actual work you're doing, to date, you've served as the City of La Follette Public Library Director for 30 years, which is an amazing accomplishment in and of itself. Um, I imagine most people, such as myself, are just completely unaware of what goes into making the public library system possible, as well as just what all it offers to the community. So could you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. My job actually is amazing, I think. I've always heard it said, and I agree, that if you find a job you like, you won't work a day in your life because you will enjoy going, Which and that suits me to a T. Uh, I meet so many interesting people, and in the library we offer, of course, books, uh, computer service, Wi-Fi service. People come in all the time uh, wanting to do unemployment, you know, fill out their income tax now, job applications. Uh, we do the voter safety test. We're the only certified uh, by TWRA in the whole county to administer that test. So we do that. That's one of the services. We have a monthly book club, which is growing really well. We have a weekly Lego club for the kids, and you should come in sometime and see all the nice things they have made. They're all on display. 
They're so creative. They are really good. And in my job, I, in fact, tomorrow I'm going for a, a training session, and I'm very, very uh, supportive of doing online CE training and not exactly, not just online, but just uh, keeping up your, you know, keeping up your skills. Things mm-hmm. change daily. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, been for the last two or three years the highest in our whole region of 16 libraries. I have had more training certificates and gone to more of the sessions than any library because I think you're really supposed to do that. In fact, when I go tomorrow and get the certificate for tomorrow, we'll have six, 60 training certificates. Wow. From 60 CE courses. That's impressive. Yeah. Truly. Just take time and go do it. You know? Yeah. You just go do it. Continued education, you know? Yeah, it's important. It is. You've got to stay up with things. You do. You do. Don't you fall behind and get left. Yes. (laughs) And we do appreciate you bringing that passion into the work you're doing for the community with that. And also, two amazing souls keeping track at home. So you've also served as president, and you're currently serving as vice president in charge of programming for the Campbell County Historical Society, mm-hmm. uh, which in itself is a fascinating topic. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about that and the work you're doing there? Yeah, sure. The museum itself, if you've never had a chance to go, you go. It's, it's fascinating. It has so much history in that little, it looks like a little building until you get in it. And it's small in the front, but it goes a long way back. And there's history of the area for. I mean, just forever. It's it's so interesting. And my job there, I, I was formerly president, and I, now I am vice president again in charge of programming. So that means once a month, on the third Thursday of each month, I have to come up with a speaker for our program, which sometimes can get a little rough to have <laughs> speakers all the time, but so far I've managed. We just, uh, in November, decided to go to every two months, uh, especially during the cold months. And we meet at 6 o'clock on the third Thursday. And it's it's a really good meeting, but the Historical Society is opened uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 to 2, so you can go in there. We have a lot of people going in researching family history, just using it, browsing through the books. It's, it's a really, really vital part of the area, and most people don't even realize it. Yeah, I didn't. It's one of the really good assets we have here. It's run by really good people. Mm-hmm. I don't get over there very often because, you know, my job, I'm at work with most. <laughs> but uh, anyone who gets a chance, I encourage them to be sure and go visit there. Yeah. You'll be surprised. Uh, currently, um, you're the sitting president of the Campbell County Chamber of Commerce. You also serve on the membership, leadership, and executive committees. What exactly does all that entail? Well, the chambers, you know, is uh, is a group of very interesting and interested in helping the community to grow and prosper. It's made up of business leaders. It's uh, much like the Rotary is. And as my position as executive committee, it's made up of the president and the past president and the upcoming president, uh, Mr. Morton. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the he's a member, and our director Christie's a member, our secretary treasurer. That's pretty much makes up the executive committee. We meet a week before the actual chamber board meeting just to kind of set the agenda and go over things that we will need to bring up, and you know, make decisions on that. Of course, the membership committee speaks for itself. We're a committee that meets to try to encourage new members to come join the chamber, and uh, the other committee is a fun committee. It's the leadership committee, and. Our job is to develop a leadership class uh, yearly. We have one class. 
They began their sessions in June and finished in March with a big trip to Nashville, which I'll be going to because I'm one of the leaders to take them to Nashville on the 16th and 17th of March. It's going to be fun. Uh, we have 13 members in our class this year, and it's just people from all walks of life. Either of you could apply and become a member, and once a month we take a trip, we get a bus, and we go to various places in the county and visit and see what all is going on. And you get you learn so much that you didn't know about your home county. We have a Jellico Day where we go over there and do a lot there. We have a Business and Industry Day. We have a Tourism Day. You know, uh, we had Education Day. So it's just different days once a month, and it's so much fun. And then the big highlight, like I said, is an overnight stay in Nashville. We meet our senators, our representatives. We tour the Capitol. We get to eat dinner at Ruth's Chris's Steakhouse in Nashville, which is a big <laughs> they all look forward to. And uh, then at the chamber annual meeting, we recognize all the members that have graduated that year. That's so great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it would be. It really is. Yeah, I've I've um, seen it. Zach. Zach has been part of that in the past, yes, hasn't he? he is. Zach Sheets, yeah. He's, yeah. Actually, he's still on our committee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ran into Zach at everything because we're kind of running the same circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as far as the Chamber of Commerce, do uh, you care to tell our listeners a little bit more about that and um, such as the service it provides, the events associated with it? Sure. Yeah, we. Uh, our job at the Chamber is kind of join businesses together for networking, for helping each other out. Uh, one of the main big things we do every month, we do a monthly coffee. We'll meet at, uh, in fact, I'll be hosting in May. We meet at uh, some business and we have a coffee, a breakfast, and it's just a time of networking and learning about what's going on in your world and in your world and all that. And it's a good thing of bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we host is anytime we have a new chamber member, we have a ribbon cutting. So we, you know, so now you've seen the pictures. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can go, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did one at the uh, winery out toward Deerfield one day a couple of weeks ago, and that was fun. Wow, you that know, sounds very fun. It, yeah. it is. It's yeah. Really fun. It's a lot of fun. That's two of the big highlights we do. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah that's really fun. interesting. Yeah. Um, and notice in pattern here with just these things that you're associated with, um, I think, most of the listeners are aware that these things exist. They've heard something about mm-hmm. them. They've seen something. But just the extent of what all they do, I think, often would go completely overlooked, just uh, mm-hmm. how much you guys are doing for the community, how much people can get involved in this and gain from it. And I find that really interesting. That's, again, something I'm noticing as we go through with all of our different uh, Good Samaritans, that you'll drive down the road, you'll see Habitat for Humanity, or you'll hear about the Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. and. You know, it's somewhere in the back of your mind, but you don't realize just how much activity is happening there, how much you can do to be involved, and how much you people are doing in this community every single day. So I find that really, really fascinating, um, you know, just seeing that pattern continue to unfold there. And um, again, just amazing what all you're doing there, third time, by the way. And um, also, in addition to all of that, somehow you make time for more. You're president elect of the South Campbell County Rotary Club. Of course, as uh, Renee also mentioned, another good Samaritan of ours, Zach Sheets, mm-hmm. associated with that. As you said, you two uh, seem to be running into each other a lot with your good Samaritan works. Um, of course, he's spoken with us about the Rotary Club 
uh, previously, but we'd very much like your opinion as president-elect, uh, how you view the Rotary Club and what you could tell our listeners about it as well as your role with it. Sure, sure. The Rotary Club is, you know, it, like I said, it's much like the chamber as far as uh, membership, and it's composed of lots of business leaders who meet together for the good of the community. We have fundraisers. We do a golf tournament, and uh, we do a pancake breakfast usually annually, and those are two of our big ones. And we're going to be under my leadership because we have to start now before I take charge. We're doing a grant, and that grant is going to go toward helping the uh, Sweet Dreams thing, the uh, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. Yes. Oh, yes. So we're asking for money for that, and we're going to be... Uh, That's wonderful. And I'll be doing in Chattanooga as president elect. I have to go for some training uh, for three days. And that training will follow right on the heels of the chamber leadership. So that week I'll be in Nashville two days and Chattanooga three days. The first is for uh, chamber and the second is for the Rotary. So I'm really excited about this grant that we're going to do it. And our motto in the chamber is service above self. I love that. So that's, that's great. what we try to do is put yeah. the service of others above ourselves. I think it's really important. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It, really it really is. So uh, you're also a feature coordinator and publicity chair for the Christian Women's Connection CWC. What exactly does the CWC do for those that are unaware? And also, what all is involved with your role in it? Okay. CWC is one of my favorite things. It's called the Christian Women's Connections under the direction of the Stoncroft Association. And they send to us every month a speaker. It's always a good Christian speaker and a good Christian uh, subject that we speak on. My job as features coordinator is to fund the secular part of the program. We just have various speakers, always local, mm-hmm. to come and speak to us about what they do. And it's always a very interesting topic. And it's... Uh, it lasts, a, you know, a little over an hour, but it's so many ladies. It's you know, Christian Women's Connection. Mm-hmm. Of course, occasionally we'll have a gentleman to come as a speaker or as a singer. Greg Marlowe sang for us last month, and it's it's not to raise money or anything like that. It's just get together with other Christian ladies, share a meal, talk, fellowship, and, mm-hmm, fellowship a lot. Aww. and it's fun. That's one of my like. That's one of my favorite things to do. I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, being on the board of directors for the Galilee Bible Camp, could you tell us also uh, more about the the camp and your role there? Okay, the camp. I guess I'm sure you've been there. It's a wonderful. It's, I think it's called the Hidden Jewel of Campbell County. It seems like it in my book because it's a fabulous camp out on the lake, and it's run and operated on a day to day basis for Mark and Melissa Lay. They are wonderful, and our annual meeting is coming up this Saturday at Camp Galilee. And I'm one of the board members there. Uh, I don't have a particular title there. But we do fundraising. We have a chili supper coming up on February 22nd, by the way, and an auction, a live auction. And we do a golf tournament and a fishing tournament. And these funds are raised so that we can send children who cannot afford to otherwise to Bible camp. Mm-hmm. And the okay. is, you know, they have a schedule of different age groups, and it's all summer long, and they do a fabulous work out there. Gosh. So that's what those fundraisers are for. Just a really good cause. Very exciting work. I know, of course, uh, we... Um announce a lot of the events on WIF and uh, mm-hmm. as you said during the summertime that's always impressed me over my nine years here there's 
no end to the announcements. There's always some new event going on at Galilee. So I've always uh, been just amazed by that, just how yes. much you all are doing, especially for the youth yes. of the kind where there's so uh, little to engage them, it seems, mm-hmm. um, that you give them a very positive oh, environment to go. Yeah, so swimming, horseback riding, you know, games, camping, you know, they stay in these really nice little cabins that are this so much fun. That sounds like great that's thing. great. It really is. Um, of course, this ties us into another one of our good Samaritans, uh, Mr. Mesa. You were involved in the beginning of the Louis Bluey Festival, mm-hmm. actually, something I don't know how many people are aware of, and um, in charge of a very successful storytelling tent done at Louis Bluey. Mm-hmm. So I uh, would very much like to know how the, all that experience went. How did you even get involved in it? Well, I was working, of course, at the city in the library, and our administrator at the time was Scott Collins, and he was very interested in bringing the community together. So we started out as just a small little ragtag group called Unity in Community. And I doubt that a lot of them that's on the committee now even know that. But that's (laughs) how we began. There was just about four or five of us. And we all had the same goal, to bring the community together, to bring something that people would enjoy doing. Hmm. And that blossomed into what is now the County Cultural Coalition. Amazing. Amazing. when we first started it and we did the Louis Blues, I was in charge of a storytelling tent. My job was to bring storytellers in from all over. And we had a big tent, and on that day it was full. You know, we had people coming to listen to all these storytellers. We had one group called the Liars Club, and it was set up <laughs> around here, and it was so much fun, you know. As, as time progressed and kind of the focus of the Louis Blue changed, uh, they kind of got rid of that tent and decided it wasn't, you know, causing enough attention, I guess. So anyway, so I'm not as involved now because, well, I'm not involved at all. I'm still a member of the coalition. It's just a member, but I don't, you know, don't really do a lot at Louis Bluey except just attend it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely understandable with everything you got on your plate. I guess yeah. there's yeah. a point where you're just Busy. running out of time in the day. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a very interesting. I actually wasn't even aware of that about the beginning of Louis Bluey yeah. myself. Uh, a lot of them probably are not. Yeah. But yeah. There was just very few of us that uh, started yeah. that. Amazing. Um, wow. Which is genuine Good Samaritan work where you have just a few people. You can... Uh, expand that into such an amazing work and that's something I've always been impressed with Um, now you are also a longtime member of the Lions Club Mm -hmm. so would you mind telling our listeners more about that the Lions Club main focus is to eyeglasses you know that's our main thing is Mm -hmm. uh, is to provide glasses and uh, our motto is we serve which is very similar to the Rotary's service above self you know all these organizations are kind of very similar in what they do is trying to help other people. But I have some facts on the Lions Club. Uh, last year, we screened the eyes of more than 1,800 children in our local schools to detect visual issues. We go into the elementary schools with this machine, and you know it's a very simple test, and the results come back and let the parent know if that child has a vision problem that they might not ever really realize. Mm-hmm. We've helped a lot that way. We brought the vision van to the county, and that was a lot of fun. We provided in one day nearly 150 pairs of glasses with wow. sounds to people here in Campbell County. Mm-hmm. It was good. And our year-long fight against preventable blindness gives sight to a hundred to another 90 individuals by providing them with glasses. 
We provided scholarships through our fundraisers for local students to the trade school, and we financially supported students to attend 4-H camp. And then coming up May 4th through the 10th, we're having our annual carnival again. We have in the downtown city parking lot. That brings people from everywhere, and that's a big fundraiser, and we do that just to help the people. And uh, our estimated economic impact on Campbell County in 2018 alone was $43,549. Oh, wow. If you had to pay for the services that we provided. So, wow. I'm really proud of the Lions <laughs> Yeah. Club. I, yeah. I can totally see why. Yeah, mm-hmm. really wonderful service. I could have yeah. certainly used that when I was a child. I was talking <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Man, that's fan- that is really fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Work the Lions Club's doing yeah, there. A lot of people don't realize what the Lions Club does. Yeah. yeah. No. Especially going into the schools to do that. Yeah. Um, I was in school when I realized I needed mm-hmm. glasses. Third grade, oh. I was in. But I was ashamed to say anything if I hadn't had a teacher engaged enough to realize I was getting bad grades because I couldn't read. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never got glasses. <laughs> um, so having someone actually come into school and just take care of that, that's truly a wonderful work for those children. It really is. That's commendable, definitely. Yes, commendable. That's an excellent word for me. It really is. So, um, again, why you're a good Samaritan here in Kennedy mm-hmm. County. Um, this one really interested me when I um, became aware of this. So you are also serving as gatekeeper for the Dreadwoods Haunt uh, Dead Matter, mm-hmm. and you've been doing that since the beginning. So right. that one definitely stands out among your accolades. How did you get involved in that? Well, Kelly <laughs> Joe Wright is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and she started Dreadwoods on her property, there, yes. you know, from Food Line, and she just asked me if I could help, you know, maybe take up the money and all that, because she, you know, she had someone she could trust and was honest and that mm-hmm. could get back change and all that. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a big thing. And so I said, sure, you know, I can help you. So that's how I got started there every weekend, every Friday night and Saturday night in October. For many years, that's where I spent Friday night from, say, 6 o'clock till midnight and Saturday night, October. And uh, then we stopped for a couple of years. And then she started back this year with a new one, which was downtown, and called it Dead Matter. It wasn't quite as successful as, you know, Dreadwood, so I'm not sure what her future plans are for that, but that is how I got into that, just through my friendship with her, and that's that charity haunt. I mean, the money we raise on that goes to some needy organization. Mm -hmm. We've given it to the animal shelter. We've given it to the children's center. One year we kept part of it for the Christmas Parade Committee because Kid Elder Joe had sat up and we were getting very low on funds. So, you know, she didn't do any of it for herself. It's simply a, an act of love. Yes, I know Kelly Joe, and she's she's just she's she wonderful. She yeah, is. she is. Yeah. Um, you also, you're also active on the Christmas Parade co- Committee. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Okay. Double tap. <laughs> You're also active on the Christmas Parade Committee and have been for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what has that been like? And is, is there any particular parade year that holds a special place in your heart? It's been fun to be on that committee. I, you know, like I said, Kelly Joe's our chair, and I'm the senior member. I've been on it longer than anyone, longer than her. And uh, my job on that is to plan the reception for the Grand Marshal and to pay all the bills because I'm treasurer. And... Uh, order the trophies and order the ribbons and just, you know, just all that. And, uh, of course, then attend the parade and ride with Santa Claus. <laughs> my favorite Christmas parade, of course, was this year because I got the service grand marshal myself. Aww. So that was my very favorite 
great of all time, of course. I said yeah. when I did that, that now my bucket list is complete. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know I wanted to be that. And many counties told me I've been chosen. I was like, I mean, I cried. I just couldn't believe it. It was just wow. That's sweet. so meaningful. It's such an honor. Yeah. Was. I felt humbled and honored. And on the Thursday night before, I, you know, I brought back having an official reception. We had done it when the lady previous to Kelly Joe had been the grand marshal, had been the chair. Uh, we would have a, a reception. It was kind of a, not really a formal affair, but it was a real fun affair, sort mm-hmm. of a roasted grand marshal, so to speak. And uh, we had stopped doing that. And three or four years ago, I told Kelly, I said, that is one thing that people really looked forward to. They can wear their nice Christmas clothes, and we have a good meal, and we just meet and honor this grand marshal. So we started that back, and that has been a big highlight. In fact, I enjoyed that more than I did the pregnant. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had a lot of speakers come and speak about me, and, uh, you know, my family came. So it was just oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, of course, that was my most favorite one. <laughs> my next and most favorite one was last year in 2018 when we had Shirley Rogers as our grand marshal because she was so happy to have that honor. She had been what Kelly Joe is now. She had been the uh, chair of the committee, and I'd worked under her for a long time. So when we chose her, she was just so honored. Aww. So that was my favorite one, besides me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, I was so proud of it. Yeah. Huh. In all of your endeavors, is there one thing that really stands out as being something that you're most proud of? Well, probably one of the things I'm absolutely most proud of was finally getting into a new library building. Like I said, I've been there 30 years, and in the year 2012, we moved into the building we are in now, which formerly was the Recreation Center. And so I went from about a 1,300-square-foot building to about 4,500. Wow. Still needs Big jump. Yeah, it is. Bigger, you know, don't have enough space for everything I want in there, but it's such an improvement to what we had. And it took a lot of work, you know, working with city council, working with the friends of the library who really kind of got it going for us, and working with the state library and my regional library. But uh, together with everyone working really hard, we finally did accomplish that goal. And that probably is my highlight of my career, so to speak. That's really neat. Yeah. It really is. Um, Nancy, again, thank you so much for everything you're doing in Campbell County. Um, You are definitely a good Samaritan, and we're grateful to have that chance to honor you with that and thank you for being with us thank you for having me thank Thank you for taking the time be sure to connect to our web channel at WLAF1450.com for a sneak peek of our Good Samaritan every Friday join us again next Saturday 1030 a.m. on Radio 1450 a.m. 100.9 FM